Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. We're back with another episode of Sharp Lessons, where stadiums, sports, betting, podcast. We got the professor, Nate Jacobson. I'm Ben Wittenstein. And for the second week in a row, Nate, we're in person in the stadium conference room talking bets. And we have a guest this week in Alexis Downey talking NHL. Yeah, we are have a, a good time in the sports calendar to do a, a podcast, I guess, because there's no games on Monday as there was Game 7s that concluded this weekend. So it's kind of a break before the next round in the NBA playoffs in NHL as the NBA heads to the conference finals. And we have Alexis on to talk about the second round of the NHL playoffs, the four series, and just some general betting thoughts on hockey and how to bet the sport and how to bounce back from cold streaks and yeah. all that. It's definitely a sport that could be frustrating, but definitely fun to have some skin in the game while you're watching every night. Yeah, and let me tell you, Nate, I absolutely hate the Phoenix Suns. There is no no other team I hate the most. I, I talked about on the Point in the Paint podcast, I thought they were going to win the NBA championship. I live bet them. I pregame bet them, and they failed me <laughs> probably four, five, six times in the past week. So, they're in my doghouse because they can't win the first quarter. They can't win the first half. They can't win live bets. And they got absolutely embarrassed in Game 7 against the Dallas Mavericks. Thankfully, did not bet them in Game 7 because they were just doing that poorly for my wallet. And it was kind of nice, honestly, to see them get beat that much because finally I got to see them get whooped without my wallet and bank account suffering. Yeah, and I hate them for another reason. I don't know if we just want to get into it, but sure. a bad beat. <laughs> yes. And we had plenty of bad beats during football season we talked about. And last night I had Maverick uh, Suns under 210. I actually made this bet during Game 6. While Game 6 was winding down, the Mavericks were up, Mavericks were up big. We knew that they were going to force a Game 7 on Sunday. And a few sports books already posted lines even before Game 6 was completely finished and I hopped on the under right away because I've been preaching for weeks game seven unders NBA bet them early they're gonna go down so I took under 210 woke up the next day saw in the afternoon uh, or checked the odds in the afternoon it was down to 207 woke up on Saturday morning so I was down to 205 so I was pretty excited to have that much closing line value I guess and that's pretty kind nice. of whatever's gonna happen happens I made a good bet <laughs> And I thought the bet was really good when the Suns scored only 27 points in the first half. <laughs> yeah. They were down 30, so I know I guess there's that situation where they can play catch-up because one of the reasons why I like betting Game 7 unders, if it is close, there's going to be less scoring by both teams at the end in theory. Uh, we get to the fourth quarter. The bench players start coming in. They ended up scoring 71 points in the fourth quarter, <laughs> including the Suns had a crazy sequence in the end, down 39, where they had three attempts for a three-pointer. Uh, two offensive rebounds. They finally scored. 
to get it onto 10 to push with about 10 seconds left. So then you're thinking, okay, Mavs, obviously they haven't been really trying this quarter. They're just going to dribble it out because the shot clock's off. Simple as that. They show Luke on the bench celebrating, and all of a sudden you see oh, no. the game play. They cut away, and you see Aaron Holiday taking a 29-footer <laughs> at the buzzer, and you're just like, how did he get the ball back? Oh, like, no. Did the Mavericks throw it away? Uh, it turned out that Boban was dribbling up the court, and they stole the ball from him. Oh my God. He takes the three, makes it at the buzzer. Game lands 213, so lose on the under 210. It was a shot at the buzzer to cut the lead or the deficit from 36 to 33. They did it. So that was pretty embarrassing, in my opinion, <laughs> and I hate the Suns because of it. But Boban did take exception to it and did try to fight Aaron Holiday because he did that. There so at least he, he stood up for energy. himself, and there was some uh, maybe some bad blood when these two teams play next year. But, man, boy, that was frustrating to make a, a good bet at under 210 and it lose because of just some crazy tomfoolery at the end and just that whole wow. that whole quarter there were just like ridiculous shots being made by reserve players so that was frustrating <laughs> but after talking about this uh, I think I'm over it and ready to move on to uh, the Eastern Conference and Western Conference Finals. Yeah, you get, you get it out of your system. And I think the, yeah. the Phoenix Suns are in the doghouse um, through the offseason, and, and we're going to have to see what they do over the offseason before we can even start betting them next season because, man, they they were either overvalued or they just did not play up to expectations, maybe a little bit of both. But, my God, uh, <laughs> that is bad. In memoriam, we'll have an in memoriam segment – and your t- under 210 bet will be right there because that's disgusting. Uh, let's talk about some of these game ones because we got two game ones. We got one on Tuesday, one on Wednesday for these uh, conference finals in the NBA. On the Eastern Conference side, Celtics in the Heat. I think this is going to be – they're both going to be fun, but I think this one's going to be the most grit and grind of both series, both defensive-oriented teams. The total super low at 204.5. The line is Heat minus 1.5, which is expected when it's such a low total. You're probably not going to get such a big spread. Yeah. Uh, leans leans for this game for me. I don't know if I could touch the total. If anything, I would look at the over before anything else because it is so low. But I would probably still lean towards the Celtics, and I know they have less rest, and I know the Heat have been resting what five days before this game plays, and also they're four and zero against the spread when they have more than four days of rest this season. But I think the Celtics are just rolling. I just think that this is a good place for them. They're feeling good. This is their time, and the Heat, I don't know if they can keep up offensively. So, yeah, it's worth noting in this series, the Heat, a one-and-a-half-point favorite for game one, and I think a lot of that is, as you mentioned, the rest situation. Yeah, where and the they're Heat, at home. Yeah, and at home, obviously. And and the, the Heat played last Thursday night in Philadelphia. The Celtics played game six Friday in Milwaukee and then Sunday afternoon in Boston. So huge advantage in that sense for the Heat. This is definitely a game the Heat have to win. My plan for this series is wait off on game one. I guess I, I'd lean the – I don't even know who I'd lean because the situation suits the, the Heat very well. But I like the Celtics for this series. So I think my strategy here, hope that the Heat win game one, come back game two, bet the Celtics, bet them to win the series – hopefully at like even odds or something because right now Celtics oh minus 185 favored to win this series which is up a little bit this morning I was checking it was minus 165 so there's been money on the Celtics there's been money on the under in this game kind of hoping that it's heat and the over 
maybe the next game, game two, making a bigger bet on the Celtics in game two and potentially the under. I, I do like that. And when you look at the number at minus one and a half, it that that's where kind of the alarm bells go off in my head, thinking Celtics, because the Heat have everything going for them going into this. They have the rest advantage. They're at home. And they're coming off a series that they got rid of the 76ers pretty convincingly and in six games, yeah. playing a team that's coming off a of game seven. Yet, they're not even a two-point favorite. They're, they're less than a possession favorite in this game, which means if everything were even, the Celtics would be a favorite on the road. And I don't think the rest differential is that big of an issue, especially when both these teams, the Celtics really don't have too many injury issues they're a younger team. They don't really have like the veterans that need some extra time to rest and recuperate other than like Al Horford. I really don't think playing on the road and playing with a rest deficit is that big of a deal to the Celtics at this point, especially because they've played the Heat so much this year. So I, I'm really tempted to lean Celtics for sure the spread. And honestly, maybe just a little bit on the money line. Well, yeah, I mean, if they're going <laughs> to... I don't if think you they're going to cover, by one point. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, you could go, I guess, Celtics money line. Um, if you do like the Celtics in the series, I do like the Celtics in the series. But I am going to just try to stay patient and wait to see what game one happens. Just because even though, you know, the, the rest advantage shouldn't, you know, impact a young team like the Celtics, I still think the situation of a team just playing a game seven at home and going on the road... We've seen in the past that those teams don't do particularly well, right. and the Heat have very, been very good at home this playoffs. Yeah. Um, so, hoping the Heat win, and then there'll be opportunities to bet the Celtics later in the series before Game Two on Thursday. Yeah, I'm definitely the Celtics. If that series price drops, you have to hit it. Yep. Because I don't think that I don't think the Heat can survive a seven game series against that defense. Their their offense just isn't good enough. Is the problem there? I agree. But it should be a fun game. It's going to be gross. It'll be a gross, disgusting game that might even hit the under pretty easily. I mean, you're not. You may see both teams barely hit ninety. Yeah. S- seeing totals this low, especially for game one, scary. Uh, I think now it's down to two hundred four as we talk right now. It just kind of reminds me of the. NBA in like 2014 2015 when like I started uh, like focusing on the odds and looking at odds and it definitely went up over the last few years and now I think with some of these playoff teams we're seeing the line go a little bit down you know just coming down a little bit because some of these teams have so much success because of their defense and this is why they're here at this point and I mean if there's a game seven between these two teams Jeez. I could see a total 198? like <laughs> 199, maybe even low. It might open 198 and close like 194 <laughs> and a half based on oh, the line God. moves of the uh, the game sevens that we saw where they opened like five points higher than they close. I, I tweeted something out this morning. If you want to check on my Twitter at Nate Jacobson one, the uh, kind of the uh, total breakdown of the game, two series that went seven games. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty gross series, and it's going to be one of those old timey 90s series where. Again, low scoring. And then you look at game one for the Western Conference semis, and it's going to be the complete opposite, in my opinion. I think we're going to see a game where we see 103 pointers attempted. And the, the Mavs love it. Yeah. The Warriors love it. Now, the Mavericks' defense might stifle the Warriors a little bit, and their pace of play might slow the game down. But that line right now for game one, Warriors are minus four and a half. 214 and a half is the total. And, Nate, I'll be honest, I really like the over. In this one, 214.5 seems a little bit low. Before I even looked at the odds, you know, I'm thinking maybe it'll be 218, 219. 
it's low. That 214 is low, and I know the Mavs have a slow pace of play, but they shoot three-point shots like none other, and the Warriors' defense is okay. They're, they're good at times, but not good at others, and they shoot the three-point ball as well as anyone else. I think we could see mid-220s in game one. Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to do with the total in this game. I think it's about right at 214.5. That was actually the exact opening number or the exact total for the game one between the Mavericks and Suns last round. So I think the Warriors, Suns, kind of comparable teams in terms of offense and pace. So I think that number is probably about right for a game one. Although the total did go well over the first two games in Phoenix, the Mavericks kind of playing in shootouts that didn't go in their favor but i could see another situation where maybe we see some higher scoring especially since the starters are rested because they didn't have to do exert any energy in the fourth quarter of game seven and they have an extra day because the game is on wednesday so total wise not sure to do with it maybe if there's a a big outlier performance in game one going over under in game two But I think the most interesting thing for this series in game one is the line movement towards the Mavericks, not surprising, off their dominating win in game seven. Warriors open minus six, now it's down to minus four and a half. This morning I checked the series price, Warriors minus 250, now down to minus 225. So I guess the question here is can the Mavericks obviously not play as well as they did in game seven, is there an overreaction in the line to as well how well the Mavericks played in Game 7? Or is this actually the Mavericks team, a team that's really coming into form and can challenge the Warriors in this series? I have been wrestling with that question all day, to be quite honest, because I, I do think there is – I think there's a little bit of truth to what we saw with the Mavericks in Game 7 and how good they can be. And, I mean, the, the Suns fumbled the ball a lot. They they didn't adjust on defense. They couldn't score at all, and that was a lot because of the Dallas Mavericks defense. But having watched the Mavericks all season long, and I've watched more than enough Maverick games to know that they, they're not like the most inconsistent team in the NBA, but they can be inconsistent. And the team that we saw in Game 7 I don't think is – the team that they are usually. So I do. Right. I think there'll be a little bit of, of regression. A little bit of regression yeah. from the Mavs. And I, I don't know if that's going to be in the form of them getting blown out by a Warriors team that's had a little bit more rest and is playing at home. I'm going to stay away from the Mavs in game one. I, I'll say that right now. I'm staying away from Dallas. Love Luka. He's my boy. But I have to... I have to stay away because I don't think they're going to show up like they did against the Phoenix Suns team, which they clearly figured out. They figured out how to beat the Phoenix Suns. Jason Kidd came. He adjusted. He knew exactly what to do. And I don't know if they're going to be able to do that game one against the Warriors. I really don't. Yeah, I think I'm going to also stay away from game one individually, although something I am considering betting before the series and before game one is the Mavericks on a series spread of plus one and a half. Probably shop around. Probably going to be around even money, but it's basically a bet Mavericks to win the series or at least take it to seven games. I think the reason I like this, well, two reasons. One, even though I think the Mavericks at home impressed me because I thought games four and game six were prime spots for Phoenix to kind of take a stranglehold in the series. And the Mavericks not only won, but won convincingly, kind of going away in both games, not really like the Suns were threatening to win those games. And those games were priced around uh, – I think the Suns were a small favorite in both those games, and the Mavericks won convincingly. My other issue, my other question is, like, how good are the Warriors? Are the Warriors a little bit overvalued? Because they come into the playoffs, they're like 5-1 to one to win the West. There was a lot of worry, like, Curry, is he not right? 
They showed right away the first three games against the Nuggets that they were good. Jordan Poole was amazing. They have this, like, death line of 2.0. And then the end of the Nuggets series, they failed to close them out in game four. And then game five was kind of a, a really close game where Jokic was in foul trouble and they ended up pulling away. But then the Grizzlies series, other than, like, game three maybe, they weren't, like, clearly the better team in any of those games that series, especially the game five where they lost by, what, 39 points. And at one point – we're down by 55. So I think there's a lot of like perception that the Warriors are this like amazing juggernaut that we kind of like we saw when they were winning championships a few years ago. But I'm not sure if they are that team and they might be a tad overvalued or overrated just based on the market. And because of that, the Mavericks on a series spread at plus one and a half is something I'm going to take a hard look at. Um, but my favorite play to win for this series is similar to the East series is wait after game one. If the Warriors do play well, especially because the Mavericks are kind of coming off the game of their season, betting on the Mavericks in game two, hopefully it may be a bigger number, like a plus yeah, five, right. plus five and a half as, opposed, as opposed to taking four and a half off their it, like it's in, in the NFL. I never like betting a team off like their best performance yes, or blowout exactly. win. So I don't want to take the Mavericks now, especially because no. it's open plus six. But if they don't look good in game one, kind of give them a pass, bet on them in game two yeah. might be my strategy. Or if I do think that they will have a shot at winning game one, which who knows, maybe if I said like the Warriors are overvalued or overrated, taking the Mavericks before game one at the series spread is something I'm going to do some thinking on. And if I end up playing it, I'll tweet it out. But more than likely, I'll just wait until game two to get involved individually on this series. Dallas is the best team, second best team in the NBA after a loss. First best team was Phoenix. <laughs> They're out. So yeah. Dallas now is the best remaining team in the NBA after a loss. They win 71% of their games after, coming off a loss. After a loss, they've won 75% of their games. And that is just because, again, they're not inconsistent like by the definition, by the book. But they are kind of inconsistent in that sometimes, like, what if the three-point shot doesn't show up? What if Luka is double-teamed into oblivion and he has to kick it out to these guys if Brunson's not hitting, Bullock's not hitting, Kleba's not hitting? You know, the, a lot of this offense, a lot of the way they beat the, the Phoenix Suns was on a three-point shot. And if they're not going to shoot really well every single game of the series. So maybe that's game one. Maybe they used up all their good shots in game seven. They're going to come out flat in game one. I, I'm just – I think staying away from the Mavs early on is the move. Let them get a feel. Let Jason Kidd do his thing when – because now he's suddenly a good coach, apparently. He's suddenly a good <laughs> adjustment-based coach. Yeah. Maybe they figure it out game two. Go back home, maybe they figure it out. So I'm going to wait, pump the brakes, let the market kind of sort itself out, probably just hit some player props, maybe the total here and there. I don't think I can pick a side in game one, but I'm definitely not going to pick the Mavs for, for a game one win or even cover. Uh, all right, let's go to the NHL talk. We had Alexis Downey, Stadium's NHL reporter, talk with us about her NHL picks as they now are moving on to the second round of their series in the NHL. All right, we want to welcome onto the Sharp Lessons podcast, Stadium NHL reporter, Icebreakers host, live on the line contributor for the NHL, and uh, a valiant member of the Stadium social team, Alexis Downey, joining Sharp Lessons. How are you? I'm doing great, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Well, we're excited. We're talking NHL because we don't usually talk NHL on Sharp Lessons podcast, so we need a little bit of help with something to bet for these next couple rounds for the NHL. How, obviously with the Penguins, we know you're a Penguins fan, so that's a little bit rough coming off that loss. 
But other than that, how's all your NHL betting been? It's been a learning curve. Uh, you know, this is my first Stanley Cup playoff betting that I've had to do. And uh, through that first round, I went 9-9. Nine and nine. So, again, could be better, could be worse. That's yeah, yeah. So, uh, but I, I mean, it was it was fun. It was a lot of frustration, but I did pretty well last week through the first half of the week. So that was exciting. Uh, so it's it's been, like I said, a learning curve. <laughs> You've got people on Twitter chirping at you too. Yep. Yeah. That part is not fun. That's how you know you made it, I guess. <laughs> That's that true. That's true. You got the haters and the lovers on Twitter. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so let's talk about this first series, the Blues and the Avalanche. Avalanche are the heavy favorites to win this series at minus 350. Um, is there any chance it can be competitive for the Blues at all, do you think? You know, I think that the Blues showed us a lot in the fact that they were able to take down the Wild in the first round. I really liked the Wild in the playoffs this year. Uh, You know, they had the great goaltending tandem and Cam Talbot, Marc-Andre Fleury, and the fact that the Blues were able to go through and and take them down and everything, I think, like I said, shows a lot about them. Do they have against a chance against Colorado? No, I do not think so. I, I think that maybe they'll win a game, maybe two games, and we'll know a lot after the first game, maybe the second game. Um, but I, Colorado, they're they're just unstoppable. Like, their offense is unbelievable. They know how – I mean, they've got Kale McCarr on defense, and not only – he's a two-way player. Like, he's just probably one of the best players in the NHL right now. And I, I see Colorado really steamrolling through the Blues. May, like I said, maybe they get a win. I, I think they will get a win. Will they get two wins? I don't know. Yeah, sometimes in NHL betting, I like targeting underdogs just because there's a lot of variance. And at the end of the day, it's just a bunch of players on on skates with a rubber puck. So anything <laughs> can happen over uh, a 60-minute game. So I think my approach for that series, maybe if the Avalanche look really good in game one, win convincingly, the Blues will be a big underdog price in game two. Kind of plug your nose, hope for the best, and take the Blues at like plus 200, 220 or something. Or if they get down 2-0 in the series and you think, Alexis, they win a game, I think that spot would be game three in St. Louis to try to get up back into the series, even though I do think Colorado will end up winning the series. I think the Blues could present some value maybe as a big underdog throughout the series. And you've been doing totals. Is this going to be like heavy over games, do you think? Or are you going to be siding with some of the unders? I know the first game, game one, six and a half, which – you know, it was pretty typical. That's pretty Yeah, that's been the case for a lot of the games, except for the Dallas and Calgary yeah. series. That one was five and a half for most of it, and that hit the under so much, through, except for the last game, of course. The game Obviously. that I bet the, the under, it hit the over. But, um, <laughs> that's yeah. that's how it always works. <laughs> uh, Empty net or two, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, it was not fun. But, fun night for you last night. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that, the over is safe here. Um, you know, Jordan Bennington looks pretty good in net th- through the last three games for St. Louis. But kind of like Nate said, I think we'll know a lot after the first game and just how, like I said, high, how high-powered Colorado is, they're going to be able to put pucks in the net. And we've seen that all season long. And it's crazy because the average goals per game through the first round was 6.4. Like that is just a lot wow. of goals. We that's not typical for the playoffs. So betting the over, I think, is pretty safe. Maybe go some uh, team total. Love a good team total. 
Absolutely. So the other series that begins on Tuesday night, the battle for Florida, Tampa Bay against the Florida Panthers, starting in sunrise. What are your predictions in this series? Because it looks like it's going to be a tight series based on the series price with the Panthers, a minus 145 favorite, lightning plus 120 on the take back. Any predictions here? Yeah, I think overall, I think the Panthers will win this one. Um, But it is, in fact, going to be very close. And I, I, I didn't do too well in betting the the actual outcome of the series in the first round but for this one I could maybe see like Florida a four to two series which I know is plus 450 right now which is good money um will it go seven games uh, you know it, it could but I, I think this is going to be a six game series and I think the Panthers are going to win it so like that would probably be the bet that I'm going to place for the series but um because I just don't know if I like the Panthers at minus 145 enough to to pick that one yet but this series is going to the, the tempers are going to be flaring it's it's going to be really fun to watch Rangers Hurricanes Rangers win game seven apologies yet again for bringing up Pittsburgh Penguins loss are you going to fade the Rangers now though um yes for sure I'm not picking the Rangers here I don't want them to win and I think they got lucky through the first round so well so they they beat they beat Pittsburgh so are you thinking like all right I I would love for the Rangers to actually win and go on to win Stanley Cup because then it's like all right they lost to the team that won the Stanley Cup or do you just want them out immediately now no I want them out immediately it's I I don't I don't think that they're gonna win it anyways uh the cup or this series Mm -hmm. Carolina they they've built so much over the last couple of years to finally get to where they're at. They have such a cohesive team and the fact that they might be getting Frederick Anderson back in the second round, it's sounding like is also a really good thing for them um, in net. So I, I don't see the Rangers winning, um, but like Nate and I were talking before the show, it'll be interesting to see how the Hurricanes play not at home and at Madison Square Garden too. Yeah, the Hurricanes lost all three games in Boston against the Bruins. They won all four games at home. They won in seven. So when we get to MSG, a raucous crowd, I'm interested to see how the Hurricanes respond, if they can win on the road. Because for me in this series, I want to take the Hurricanes, maybe consider like the series spread minus one and a half at plus 105, especially because the Rangers five on five against the Penguins got dominated. If the Penguins didn't have to go to third-string goalie Louis Domingue for most of the series, Pittsburgh would have certainly advanced. The Rangers got very fortunate. The reason why they won is because they have an all-world goalie in Igor Sussurkin. I'm not sure if he's going to (laughs) – I mean, he could definitely could repeat that kind of performance, but the Rangers are going to have to play a lot better five-on-five, and I think the Hurricanes, uh, with the home ice advantage, should be able to win this series. I want to fade the Rangers this round. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. And I, like I said, hope that happens too. I, I don't want to see the Rangers continuing. So <laughs> You just want the worst possible thing. <laughs> well, I say like sometimes, like if it was like the Hurricanes who beat the Penguins, maybe you want to like root for the Hurricanes. But if it's a mm-hmm. New York team, it's not a an team. original yeah. six yeah. Team, Who wants to root for You don't that? want any part of that because the <laughs> Rangers-Penguins do have a mini rivalry or they have history in the playoffs. Right. Uh, the last series to preview – Battle of Alberta. We already talked about the Battle of Florida. Now Battle of Alberta, Edmonton, Calgary. I know that both teams needed seven games to beat opponents who were pretty big underdogs. Both teams dominated game seven, at least shots on goal. They both won pretty narrow games, good goaltending performances by the respective goaltenders. 
Uh, Oilers, a plus 160 underdog to advance in this series. Flames, minus 200. You think the Oilers and Connor McDavid can pull off the upset with game one in Calgary on Wednesday night? I think I'd like to see that happen for the sake of... I I would really like to see the Oilers kind of win this series because Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl getting further in the playoffs is just something that excites me, seeing them down the line. Um, But this is going to be another series that is going to be certainly a battle. There's going to be a lot of tempers flaring once again. And, I mean, the fans in Canada are just going to be nuts. I mean, they're the two... (laughs) Canadian teams left in the playoffs so I guess it's going to be a battle till the end I'm I think in this one it could maybe go seven games but I think Edmonton has a chance for sure and so you mentioned six and a half was the total for a lot of first round games a lot of games went over but the one outlier was the Stars Flame series where every night it was five and a half a lot of low scoring games do you think this is going to be a low-scoring game involving the Flames? Daryl Sutter, kind of an old-school defensive-minded coach. Or do you think it's going to be more run-and-gun with the Oilers, who were playing some high-scoring games against the Kings? Or is it kind of like wait to see game one, how that plays out, and maybe get a, a sense of the pace of the series? Yeah, I think the pacing is going to be really important. But I could see this being a lower-scoring series for from what we saw from the Flames in the, in the first round. I mean, they were putting a lot of pucks on net, and I expect that once again. Uh, but obviously, it really comes down to the goaltending. How, how's that going to play out? And besides having the ability to score, like, are they going to, are the goaltenders going to step up to the plate and continue to stop pucks? Is defensively, are the teams going to be sound? So I could see this being definitely a lower scoring series, uh, but it's kind of hard to say that when you, are playing against Connor McDavid, yeah. but um, uh, it, I think it could happen. And then one last question, not necessarily about these series, but you just started betting on hockey a few months ago, but you've been a fan of your whole life. Is your perspective of the sport kind of changed because of betting, or like, do you look at the sport and follow it like differently now that you're thinking about the numbers, whether it's teams to win, teams to fade, the over-under, like just – in this playoffs, I've noticed I'm terrified to bet an under because teams are pulling the goalie with like three minutes left. Mm-hmm. Even if they're down like three goals, they're going to pull the goalie. Like I'm going to avoid that. So I, I, I kind of think of hockey differently that I like bet on the playoffs and stuff. How about with you with like thinking about the sport? Well, I never thought I would cheer for the Capitals, and I did because I needed <laughs> them go. to, to score happen. some goals. And There's no such thing as rivalries <laughs> when you're trying to win money. No, there Nothing. isn't. Um, so that's definitely something that – it was shocking to me, but I think I do kind of look at it a little bit differently from the sake of, uh, you know, wanting to see teams that I wouldn't normally <laughs> want to win or score goals or anything like that. Um, but it, it's it's been really fun for me because I think it makes me really follow certain like I, I don't wouldn't normally follow like the flames that closely during the season or right. things like that. So I think that it's making me more attentive to players and teams in like a different way um and the being able to bet on the playoffs is just honestly made me so nervous <laughs> and my anxiety has gone through the roof watching these games so all good things <laughs> but it's been really fun and I think that that's the best part of it because when you win it's great and that's why like last week the first part of the week I was like this is awesome right I'm winning 
So hopefully that continues in the second round. But I think you just learn so much after those first couple games, like we keep saying, to be able to kind of see how the series play out. Yeah, I think it's important to not overreact to one game and try to bet off those overreactions. And that's where you find value in hockey. And uh, people say that games are overtime playoffs. There's nothing better than that unless you have like a big bet or something on a certain (laughs) side. And then you're like on the edge of your seat. You're almost like a, a fan of that team just for that night. So... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's nothing better than the NHL playoffs. Well, speaking of anxiety, two prop questions for you for all the series. Okay. And you know that one of my favorite bets for NHL is no goals in the first 10 minutes because I hate myself and I love just <laughs> feeling anxious for 10 minutes of hockey. If you were to look at all of these game ones going on um, between the eight teams, do you see a series or a game one that you think would be no goals in the first 10 minutes would be the most likely? I would pick the Hurricanes-Rangers series for that. Um, the uh, the Hurricanes were a little bit slow in some of their games to start, and the Rangers, well, I guess, I mean, they got lucky. So <laughs> they, they didn't wow. have the best start in a lot of their games either. So yeah. that would be the series that, if you're going to make that bet, I would pick that series. Pretty good odds, too. I think I see minus yeah. 104 for no goals. Okay. And that's not, not bad. Not yeah, bad. That makes a lot of sense. I was trying to find ways to get – play unders in the Bruins Hurricane series and I what I realized is a lot of those games would start slow and then there'd be like two late goals at the end of the first period and mm-hmm. then the total would land six or seven depending on the empty net goal of that night so I could see a slow start there especially with the Rangers strength being their goal tending. The other prop question would be looking I was looking at all these series and the odds for each one to go to seven games you can get it at plus 200 or more. If you were to look at any of these series, which one would you bet on to go seven games? Because you can get it at pretty decent odds, two to one, something like that. I think the one that has the biggest chance would be the Lightning Panthers for me. I think that's going to go six or seven. And I could see it going seven because, I mean, you're, you've got the President's Trophy winning team taking on the team that is the defending Stanley Cup champions. Like, it's going to be a, it's gonna be a great series. Um, and. I, I think that that would be the, the closest of all of them. Yeah, I think it's like plus 210 or something for yeah. Game 7. And that, that series feels a little bit like the Eastern Conference Finals, even though it's only the second round. I Definitely. think whoever advances there would beat the uh, either the Hurricanes or the Rangers. There we go. You got any good futures? Any, any team you really think is going to win the Stanley Cup? <laughs> well, I, had, I picked one and one. One from the Eastern Conference, one in the Western Conference. Okay. My West team was the Wild, so that was mm. a bummer to see them go out. Um, but I still I picked the Panthers in the East, and I'm sticking with it. I think, especially if they can get through the Lightning, I they've got it locked. I, I to get to the finals, and then hope that they probably aren't playing Colorado. And uh, I think that they can do it. Still, I really do. I think playing that tight series against the Capitals and really having to work to win those last few games is actually a good thing for them. Mm-hmm. It will kind of get the monkey off their back and take a little bit of pressure off because that was a team that hasn't won a first-round series in franchise history since, like, 1996. They got that out of the way. It's a new coach, Andrew Burnett, first-year coach, a young team. I think that could actually be a good thing for them, that they kind of struggled against the Caps, and it will help them in this round against the Lightning. Yeah, they were definitely surprised that that happened. Like, you could tell the team was kind of taking that time to – figure it out within the locker room it almost seemed like to kind of get on the right track 
right, well, any any other bets? Any like props? I mean, I, I don't know how often you do like goal scores. Is there anyone you've like looked at that you're like, eh, I kind of want to bet on them to score a goal at some point in this series? Honestly, I've taken it a little bit slow with the player props. Yeah. I didn't. I it didn't. Seems random. Yeah, so. I I think that um, the first round. I mean, there was it, this being my first Stanley Cup playoff to bet. I just didn't really look at it because I wasn't sure who was going to really uh, shine through for each of the teams. Um, I just didn't think it was going to be similar to the regular season. So I can't say I have any yet, but well, stay tuned. Maybe I'll tweet some out. Yep. And But don't tweet mean things at her. She's already <laughs> got that going on. It's already got that going on. All right. Alexis Downey, Icebreakers host. How'd that go shooting today? Good. Good. Out? Yep. That'll come out uh, tomorrow. Yeah, so. That's, I think, when this podcast Okay. Comes so out. so come out go. today then. <laughs> you get a double dose of Alexis. <laughs> appreciate you coming on, Alexis. Thanks, guys. All right. We appreciate Alexis coming on, talking NHL picks. She's, uh, you know, sometimes she has good days, sometimes she has bad days betting. We all do. Yeah. It happens. Especially hockey, where, you know, there's, there's days where you're. You'll it's the dumbest sport to bet on two and oh and you feel like you know everything about the sport and then the next night it's oh and two so um, one of those sports where you kind of have to embrace the uh, embrace the variance and you're gonna have bad and good days along the way and hopefully more good than bad so really appreciated her insight on all four series really good stuff from alexis and kind of the uh, strategies of how to bet hockey you have to have a special type of brain i feel like to be a fan of a team in the playoffs and bet on that team in the NHL. Because I cannot imagine betting on a team that you also root for that finds themselves in an overtime game in like a game seven. I, I don't know how you become – your my nails would be gone. I would be shaking all over. It would be a terrible sight for me to watch a game seven of a team I bet on and I'm a fan of. Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't – when the Blackhawks were – doing well i don't think i was really betting hockey so i don't no, I can't really God. relate on relate on that i'm, I'm, I'm sure in a thank couple of years that's gonna uh overlap and i'll have some tough decisions to make if i could bet on the blackhawks while they were making their stanley cup runs i would be 80 years old at this point i would have the face of an 80 year old man yeah uh let's do golf because yeah. we have another major coming up and uh, apparently beer is $18 at the PGA Championship. So this may be a good major to sit on your couch at home, make some bets from the phone, and just enjoy it that way. It's also Tulsa, Oklahoma in May, and the weather's supposed to be like 95 degrees. So <laughs> going to need a lot of beer, and that sounds very expensive. I'll actually have a, I have a friend going to the tournament, so I'll have to let him know yeah, about that. A, yeah, Especially since back. The, the Masters, which is the last <laughs> golf tournament we previewed on the podcast last month, the first major of the season. Uh, they're known for being very uh, acclimating to yes. their patrons, very cheap sandwiches, very cheap drinks. The only issue is it's very expensive to get into the grounds <laughs> at yeah. Augusta National Golf Course. They get you somehow. And <laughs> very hard to even just get a ticket because of the lottery. So uh, PGA Championship, second major of the season. This tournament used to be played in August. It used to be the last major of the year. But they moved it up to May. There were several reasons. One reason is they wanted the golf season to end by Labor Day so it didn't interfere with like the FedEx Cup playoff with the start of the NFL season. I also think because the Olympics is like a sport now where they didn't want to have a major around the Olympics and yeah. probably some other reasons because when you have it in May, you could kind of play it in other parts of the country not just like the coastal towns because you don't want to play in Tulsa, Oklahoma in August. I'm sure it's even more hot. No, so I don't you're able want to, to play in Tulsa. Able to play, yeah, able Period. to play uh, Southern Hills because it's May. So it's at least not 
totally blistering hot. But Southern Hills, par 70 course, long course, over 7,500 yards. I expect the scores to not be very high. I expect a lot of pars, a lot of, uh, you know, I think the key in this tournament is you want guys who could hit the ball long off the tee uh, just because of the length, and it's only a par 70 course. So I looked at some research this morning, try to figure out who to bet on because whenever there's a tournament that you don't see like a, the course in the in the rotation every year it's kind of hard to find like comparisons to that course or anything and i guess the last time we saw this was 2007 which was a long time ago tiger woods won it was his fourth pj championship ever uh, he's in the field this week phil mickelson's not so no. just getting those storylines out of the way but let's just focus on the betting <laughs> Uh, Scheffler and Rom favorites, co-favorites, 12 to 1, very justified. I'm going to skip, though, some guys in the top tier of the board and maybe pick like four or five guys kind of in the mid-range area, players who are kind of in like the 30, 30 to 1, 33 to 1, 35 to 1 range. I'm just going to go through a few players that I'm going to write about in my article that you can check out on watchteam.com that will be published on probably Tuesday late morning. Uh, the top guy for me in terms of the odds, Hideki Matsuyama, you can find him at 33 to one. You might know him best because he won the masters in 2021, played very well last week at the Byron Nelson had a really good Sunday, led the stroke field and strokes gained approach, which is iron play. So going to consider Hideki this week. Will Zalatoris, a player I bet on last week, he missed the cut at the Byron Nelson. But his approach numbers were fine. He's a player who hasn't won on the PGA Tour, but he has really strong finishes in the majors that he's competed in. So Zalatoris, a guy who I'm not afraid to go back to off the missed cut, especially after betting him last week. Another guy who I didn't bet last week but thought about betting last week, and he also missed the cut on the number with Zalatoris, Sam Burns. Another player who has had some good finishes uh, this year. He has a win at the Valspar Championship, but he also has a lot of missed cuts. So it's kind of a boomer bust pick. But if I can get a ceiling performance from Sam Burns, which is what you're doing when betting outrights, then I would like him at 40 to 1. Joaquin Neiman, another guy around 40 to 1. He won the Genesis Invitational in February, which is another long, kind of tough course, even though. Neiman put up a huge number there. Um, he was in the final group last week at the Byron Nelson and kind of fell apart down and fell down the leaderboard because of his struggles on Sunday. So those four guys, Hideki, Zalatoris, Burns, and Neiman, and then two long shots I am going to bet and I'll write about. And both guys have the name Cameron. <laughs> there's, I feel like there's been a lot of Camerons there's in a lot of golf. Camerons, yeah. Yeah. Cameron Smith won the Players' Championship. He finished third at the Masters. I'm going to go two other Camerons, Cameron Young and Cameron Champ, both players long off the tee, big distance guys, which you need this year or this week, and both have some good finishes recently. Cam Young ended up finishing tied for second at the Wells Fargo. He had a really good, strong tee to green, tee to green week, struggled with the flat stick, though, putting. And then Cam Champ, another player who's kind of like boom or bust, kind of like Sam Burns, where when he does compete, he has an opportunity to win, but he also has a lot of missed cuts, so that's kind of the reason why he's priced at this event at 151. But he uh, played well in Mexico, especially with the driving, 
and uh, played well at the Masters, which kind of came out of nowhere because he was in very poor form going into the Masters. But it uh, seems like he's a guy who has the ability to win, and he's won, I think, three times on the PGA Tour. So at 151, that's kind of the uh, long shot guy I like. So both Camerons, Young at 80-1 to one and Champ at 150. Do a little Cameron uh, – well, you can't really parlay him, but just do Cameron play. That's the move. Yeah, maybe like – yeah, no need to parlay. Parlay golf. top the, 20s. You could parlay top 20s <laughs> if you want, but more matchups or something. But if you're betting golf outrights, it's a big enough payout where the parlays don't really make sense. But yeah. If you do like uh, parlaying, then you probably would like just betting golf because you can get bet a little to win a lot. There you go. That's the move. And, and listen, Nate's the best around at the golf bets, so be sure to, to listen to him. Uh, read his article, swatchstadium.com. They'll have that. His picks are also on live on the line. So be sure to watch that, read that, listen to us. You're going to get all your golf bets accounted for, and you should win some money for the PGA Championship this weekend. Uh, but that'll do it for us this week. Appreciate Alexis coming on. Um, we'll be back. Next week, maybe we'll figure out how to do a little bit more of these, but we've got more yep. NBA betting because we've got the NBA finals that will be coming up at the start of June. Yep. And then we've, of course, got the end of these conference finals coming up uh, next week and into the week after that by Memorial Day, too. Yep. Enjoy your day off of uh, watching sports. I guess there's MLB, yes. but no NBA, no NHL. I'm Go definitely out. going to, uh, you know, take it easy tonight. Yeah, yeah, very take nice it easy. day in Chicago. But uh, get yeah, a bit early. Take uh, well, I guess focus on the PGA Championship. You can check out my article on Tuesday. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll finish my research up tonight with the uh, with the idleness of the NBA and yeah. NHL. Enjoy the night of a low blood pressure evening. That's really <laughs> all you want here. Have a beer, enjoy the sun, talk to your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. Enjoy the night. Win some bets tomorrow and win some bets for the PGA Championship this weekend. And we'll be back next week talking more bets.